As I mentioned in the series last week, as I kicked it off, we're talking about time. And I've just asked a few members of our church to come and, and share um, some, some wisdom with us. So this morning, uh, Darlene has been kind enough to say that she can come and share. So Miss Darlene, if you could come up and uh, share with us this morning. Thank you to Cecilia for sharing last week, but I asked Darlene to share a, a word of wisdom with us. So go ahead, my friend. Thank you, Brian. Good morning, church, and kind, kind enough to be voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, I asked, come on. <laughs> no, but no, I appreciate, the, <clears throat> excuse me, I appreciate the opportunity. <clears throat> Pardon me. And first I want to say to our sister Cecilia, thank you for your words of wisdom you shared last week. It, it was a lot there and great pearls of wisdom, which was great. You know, I made notes of them. Um, I took away, save for a rainy day, take care of yourself, give back to others, care for others, especially our seniors who may be lonely. So thank you for reminding of those great pearls. And so really picking up on a lot of what Cecilia said with, to us last week, some of the wisdom that I've gained in my lifetime is about giving and sharing and what my responsibilities are. And uh, I've learned that you know, no matter how much I give, I can't outgive God. And my mother would tell me that all the time. You know, I can't, you just can't outgive God. So do share some kindness in the world. And it comes back to you. You may, it comes back to you in many different ways. And even if it doesn't, we don't do this for a selfish reason. But it's because it's good. And that's what God would have us to do. I've also learned just uh, another point, uh, Brent, uh, Brian, is that, you know, life sometimes is tough. You know, this journey of life. And even we know that we have God to turn to. He's going to see us through. Uh, but I also know that he gives us people here on earth to support us. So find a friend, right? So it's so important that you have, you know, that one person that you can depend on. And so that is something that I've learned along this journey, that when life is tough, and it will get tough, right? And it's different seasons of life, <clears throat> that if you have a friend that you can depend on, with God is always there. But if you have someone that you can call up, phone a friend, remember the, the game, <laughs> who, wants to be a mo who wants to be a millionaire? So, you know, phone a friend. You know, always keep God in the equation. <clears throat> Be able to reach out to someone. And lastly, the last thing I would say, another thing that I think I've learned on the journey thus far is, you know, when there's a setback in your life, and someone said, you know, sometimes there's a setback is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So there will be setbacks in our lives. So sometimes we need to step back, gather our thoughts, take some time in prayer to figure out with the next move and let God direct our path. So if you have a setback in your life, take a pause, take a deep breath, reach out to our creator for his wisdom and guidance and ask him to direct your path. So thank you, Brian, for allowing me to share. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Darlene. And so as, as I mentioned last week, we're thinking about time over the next few weeks. And um, one of the 
things that we're going to continue to go back to. And one a passage that I'm hoping that you'll memorize is uh, Psalm 90:12. Let's say it together uh, right now. Uh, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One more time. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So this is from a, a psalm uh, that Moses writes. And one of the themes of this psalm is that life is super brief. You just don't know how much time you have. And it goes by quickly, and you blink, and you might miss it. And there are signs of that all around. Almost every week, I feel, there is you know, some sort of news story that comes across. And there's one that came across to me. There's a comet right now that uh, we can see, I think, until tomorrow night. And then it won't be around for another 400 years. So this article said that 430 years ago, it came through uh, the system. And uh, so people like Galileo might have seen it. Um, I think that was the name. I think that was who it is. Don't look that up. But uh, just it was someone historical. Uh, and we're not going to see it again for another 400 years, right? This is going to keep going. Time is brief. You don't know how much time you have. And there's something, if, if you're here uh, today, um, I, I imagine that you're somebody who would say that God is an important part of your life. And if that's not true, I'm so glad that you're here. You're just kind of exploring faith. I'm so glad that you're a uh, part of this uh, discussion today, because I think it actually has a lot uh, for those who are beginning new in faith and those of us who've been at it for a while. But I imagine that many of us would say that God is an important part of our lives, that we would say it's, it's God's an important uh, priority, and it's important to me. Um, and maybe on a social media profile, you would say, you know, God, God God is, is important. Is, my mic's a little weird, isn't it? Is it a little funky? Yeah? No? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Um, let me switch to this. Guys? All right. Um, so uh, so it, you, you might see, uh, you know, uh, on your social media profile or maybe on some others, like you might see on uh, the famous one in the South is God, family, football, right? That's pretty much, you know, that's, that's it, you know, the, in that order, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, it's the kickoff of the NFL season um, today. Uh, but, we, you know, we might say that, you know, God, God, God is a priority in, in my life. But I would just ask you to think about, you know, what does that look like? What does it look like that you have God as a priority? Back in the day, uh, they used to have on Facebook, you could put your religious views and you could write something um, out. And my favorite one that I ever saw, it was a woman that I went to uh, grad school with and her religious view was dancing desperately before the Lord. And I was like, I don't know what that means or what that, I don't know what that, I'd love to see kind of what, what that, what the posture looks like. Um, but I'm not sure. I don't want to necessarily uh, try uh, that out. But what does it look like for you to have a, a religious worldview? And then what does that mean for your day-to-day -day life? And what does it mean that you have God as a priority in your life? You have Jesus as a priority in your life. If we were to have a conversation about that and we were to talk about uh, the Bible, a, a word that people often use to describe the Bible is love. And that's a good one. That's a really good choice because I believe it is the story of God's love for humanity and God's um, story about how Jesus loves us, how, what God does in, in the act of love for all of humanity. Love is a great word to sum up uh, what the Bible is about. But there's actually a word that comes up more often than love. Actually, 680 times in the scripture, uh, this word comes up, and that's the word righteousness. Over and over again, the idea of righteousness is brought up. And I like that because I think that love I can sometimes feel a little bit like a Hallmark movie, you know, like just a warm feeling. But righteousness is actually acting on love. 
It's not just like, oh, I have this nice feeling. It's no choosing. I'm going to extend from like this feeling that I have. I would define righteousness biblically as doing the right thing in relation to God's mission and purpose for your life. As Justin mentioned during communion, sometimes at cost to you, but it's choosing to do what, what you would believe God would desire for you to do in any given situation. I'm going to choose ultimately to do something that honestly, in, in my own heart, I don't really want to do necessarily. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it is something that also gives you like a nice feeling in return. But righteousness is what is described as like what our lives would look like. In the book of Proverbs, which is basically like an older person passing on wisdom to a younger person, in 31 chapters, the word righteousness is used 20 times. So over and over again, this book is saying, this is what righteousness looks like. This is how righteous people act. Just a couple examples. Proverbs 12, 10. The righteous care for the needs of their animals but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. So if you're an animal person, this is your life first right here, right? <laughs> you care for the needs of their animals. I like animals. I don't necessarily love animals. Uh, we have a bird. I think Mario is fine with how I treat him. Um, but um, like, it's, it's interesting. The, the, the righteous, like, there's a point. Like, you, you don't just care about people, but it's like it, it even extends beyond that. Another passage, the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. This is what it looks like to live in, in righteousness. That as it comes to how you treat people in the world, whatever this looks like, if it's, if it's your business, like it, it matters to God how you treat your customers. It matters to God how you like live your you know, Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. It matters to God what it is that you are doing with your life. And I could have picked a ton of different examples of these proverbs that just kind of light up for us that God cares not just about like a warm feeling of love, but living righteously. That's a challenge. Because I have to be honest with you, I need a source outside myself to live righteously. I need something other than like what you know I would want or desire in a given situation to continue to live righteously. I need a north star that helps to redirect my heart and my life. If I'm just feeling in a given moment like how I feel and then just responding to that feeling, I'm not going to live righteously. If you need any evidence of that, think of prank wars at a Christian camp. You ever do that as a kid? Like you go to camp and uh, it starts out with like something that's not that bad and then like the other cabin responds and then by like day three, everyone's all mad at each other and they have to have a kumbaya moment and you know, it gets real bad uh, real quick. Like people just get like just a little taste of vengeance and it just gets just out of hand real quickly. Like if we are just thinking about, you know, how I want to respond or, you know, my emotions or this person did that to me, because actually in the Old Testament, um, the idea of eye for eye and tooth for tooth, which Jesus takes a step further, but in the Old Testament, eye for eye, tooth for tooth is meant to limit revenge. 
Because if someone gouges out your eye, which is real gross when you think about it, but if someone does that to you, then all you can do is return the favor. Because if someone like, does that sort of harm to you, you're tempted to go a whole lot further, right? Like, especially in that moment of passion or that anger, it's like you're super upset about whatever has happened. So you're tempted not just to stop at this one thing, but to just go for the whole thing. And again, Jesus goes further because he's going to tell us like it doesn't actually help you to live a whole life to constantly act out of revenge. But I know for me, I need a source outside of myself that I return to over and over again to live a righteous life. And if the scripture is calling me to live righteously, I need some help in that. I need a God who's going to direct my heart and my thoughts. This is where Jesus gives us some, some helpful pointers. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Uh, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after, that just means someone who doesn't fear God, run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And that's, that's a different sermon for a different time, but couldn't we all use a little bit less anxiety? Couldn't we use a little bit less worry in our lives? It's, it's something that we're all struggling with, that we're all dealing with in the world that we live today. But Jesus then says, all right, but here, here's a remedy. But instead of worrying about all this stuff, and you can fill in the blank of the things that you're currently having anxiety about, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow's already got enough worry. Don't worry about it. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus says that the remedy for some of the anxiety that we're feeling is just seek first God's kingdom. What would God have you do? What would it look like for God to be the organizing principle of your life? And this is a sermon that I think is, is challenging. It's challenging for me uh, to think about. But the nice thing is I do think there's some simple practical applications. The question that I would ask you, and I'm going to ask you a couple times uh, during this sermon, is what does it look like for you to seek God first with your life? And what are three practical steps that you could do? Because I imagine if you're somebody who has been around faith for a while, there's things that maybe you go, okay, you know, when, when I was doing this type of prayer or when I was doing this type of scripture reading or when I was practicing this sort of, of fasting, th these things helped me. All I'm asking you is, is return to that. What does it look like for you? Because the good news is one size doesn't fit all. Some of you are, are mourning people. I love the book of Proverbs. It says, don't give a, a basically a, a hearty good morning to somebody early in the morning because it might be taken as a curse for those of us who are uh, a, little bit, a little bit slower in the morning. So, so some of you, yeah, it's going to feel good. to okay, you, you get up and you, you have your, your, your 20 minutes and you, you, you pray and you spend that time there. Some of us, the more normal ones, like we don't really do the morning. Like we, we're a little bit slow uh, to, to get going in the morning. And like that's, that's how, how, how it is for us. And that, that's okay. But what does it look like for you? And again, the, the one size doesn't fit all. If you want to talk about different forms of prayer and different ways of praying, talk to me or Austin. There are millions. Like, I think that we like think that there's, there's these kind of different ways that we do it, but there are so many 
opportunities. And so I would just ask you, what does it look like for you to seek God first? And it's possible that you've had some good success in that area before. What is it? Okay, like just get back to those things. What are those three things that help you to seek God first? Martin Luther, who did so much in the Reformation era of the church, uh, he has a saying, pray and let God worry. Lift these concerns, these things to God. Recognize that you aren't at the center of the world, and that's okay. There's a comet that's whizzing by our head that's going to be here another 430 years. That no one like you'll ever know is going to see. And that's okay. It's necessary sometimes that we feel the smallness and reorient our hearts around that. Oftentimes as we live our lives, the thing that I want to tell you is like we are guinea pigs kind of in how technology is going to affect people. We are in a current given moment. Like we don't really know fully the effects. And oftentimes the, you know, our routine as we're settling down to go to bed is to, you know, check social media and check your email. You know, how's everybody doing? You know, work, you know, what's going on at work? Let me check the news. Let's check on what's happening with like, you know, billions of people around the world. All right, now I'm going to go to bed. How's that? Why does that make sense, right? And then you wake up and you reconnect to it. The pace that we're at, I think that we have to recognize that we are at an unhealthy pace. The way that everyone is living is, is an unhealthy pace. And there's times when we all, we need to opt out of it. I said, I'm going to choose a different priority, Because the technology that is in your pocket, that's in my pocket, the technology that we have, when it was first made available in the form of pagers back in the day, they gave it to heart surgeons at first. Because that's who actually needs it. Because we're talking about life and death. Do I really need to know immediately that, you know, someone can't do communion. Like, it's like, I, 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 it's, it is an issue that like, I need to work out, but it's, it's just, it's like, it's just right there, right? It's not that somebody's on the table, you know, their, their life might not be with them if I don't get there soon. It's like, okay, but oftentimes, like, we, we are given, like, these things, these situations constantly in front of us, and it, it's not that, like, we all are, are unhealthy. It's like the way that everyone's living is unhealthy, and we are normal people trying to live an unhealthy way. And what does it look like for you to say, I'm going to choose to seek God first? And what are three practical ways that maybe you've done that in the past, or maybe you need to come up with some new ones. And I would love to have coffee with you. I know awesome. I'd love to have coffee with you. And just answer that question. What are three ways that you can commit to? To beginning again, to starting on this path. Again, because it matters. And what's so brilliant is Jesus says, like, this this will actually help you as you deal with your anxiety, as you think about it, as you move yourself from out being in the center of everything. You have the opportunity to find more more rest and, and Sabbath in the midst of this crazy life. You have it. It's available. Seek first God's kingdom. 
When I was beginning this, this series, uh, Holly Root mentioned a book to me, and, and she had no idea that I was doing a series on time. And she mentioned this, this book called 4,000 Weeks, which I would highly recommend. It's not a Christian book, but it definitely has some good spiritual principles. I'd highly recommend checking it out. Um, I will give it, I'll, send, I'll send the link in my email, but it's called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And uh, basically, he, he begins by talking about when uh, you uh, would ask somebody, you know, how many weeks do you have in your life? Um, you know, some people will say 100,000. And uh, actually, it's around 4,000. If you live to 80 years old, you will have 4,000 weeks in your life. And um, it's a little bit, you know, humbling, a little interesting to, to think about. But um, he, he writes about how it's actually very helpful uh, for all of us to recognize that that our life just isn't going to go on forever. And the way that we think about time kind of right now in this present moment isn't how people always would have thought about it. So he says, um, a medieval farmer wouldn't have thought of time as an abstract entity, as a thing. Time eventually became a thing that is you use. But this should prompt us to question the very idea that Time is something that you even use in the first place. We talk about it the way we think about it. We think of like, you know, organizing our time or, or you know, better using it. And he basically says, like, we have to be careful about that. Because if you were a medieval farmer that you lived, you know, 400 years ago, you would wake up and you wouldn't really know what time it was. You'd go out and the animals would tell you when they're hungry. You might have to go do some work on some crops. Well, the way that we think of it and use it, how it's just always right in front of us, is foreign to the way that most people have lived. And he said it's actually very freeing then to recognize the limits of your time. He says the, there's an exhilaration that sometimes arises when you grasp your finitude, and it's been called uh, the joy of missing out. A deliberate contrast with the idea of the fear of missing out. It's the thrilling recognition that you really wouldn't want to do everything. In this state of mind, you can embrace the fact that you're foregoing certain pleasures or neglecting certain obligations because whatever you've decided to do instead, whether that's earn money to support your family, write your novel, bathe the toddler, pause on the hiking trail to watch a sunset, is how you've chosen to spend a portion of your time that you never had any right to expect. That oftentimes we talk about, we talk about the fear of missing out. You're scrolling through social media like, hey, why was I not invited to that party? And always for me, it's like, because the pastor wouldn't be cool there. All right, it's cool. No. <laughs> but what would it look like for you to instead of have like the, the fear of missing out to just say, hey, there, there are certain things that I'm going to prioritize and, that, and that's okay. And Jesus is inviting us into a kind of life where you prioritize God and the things of God. Seek God first. And so there's going to be certain things that are just outside of your scope. And that's okay. Because your time is limited. So what are three things that you know are a blessing? It helps you to seek God as you are doing them. One example in, in my life, I, I serve at Ascensia uh, pretty much every month uh, when, when I get a chance to do it. On the second Sunday, I have to tell you, like, when it, it started, this ministry started before I got here, so it was someone else's idea. I'm not trying to take credit. Uh, I also never want to become, like, that 
I'm, I'm the hero of the story because that's not, but over time, being part of Essentia has changed me for the better. And I would continue to do it. I don't know if I'm getting paid for that or not, honestly. Like, I, maybe I shouldn't tell, you, tell the elders this, but I, I would do that whether or not I was getting paid. Like, if I don't do full-time ministry at some point in my life, um, I, I would do that for free. I, I would go and volunteer because it means so much to me. And that is just one thing that I would say is, is a blessing. It helps me to get beyond myself for a little bit. It helps me to recognize the blessings that I have. Oftentimes we have enough people who are there who are help, helping to serve. And I get a chance to just sit next to somebody and just hear their story. What's, what's going on? How can I pray for you? It helps me in just the busyness of my life to just to slow down, to sit and to serve. And you don't have to do that. There are so many ways that you can serve through our church and throughout our city. Sign up for the kids' ministry. There's another one. But what is something for you that is just, it's a way that you find God? Because oftentimes I find this is definitely something for me. There's just so much information at us all the time. We're so busy. There's all this stuff that is going on that we, we intend to do stuff. Oh, I, I really should, you know, I really should uh, do that. My, one of my favorite examples, we used to do a, a, a conference that was like a Friday, Saturday night conference specifically targeted at, at young adults. And there was this person on our Facebook page uh, one time for the event. And she wrote, I'm 98% sure I'm going to this. Did she go? Of course not, right? That, 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 is, that is how I feel like we always are. Like, I'm nine, I, know, I know I should. I know I probably should do this. And we have so much information that should be helpful. Um, it's just, honestly, it's kind of crippling at times. But we end up in this space. I'm 98% sure. I'm pretty sure. And then we find that 2% wiggle room because, man, Netflix is just great. There's just so much that is available to us. I'm 98% sure. And I just hope for myself and I hope for you that you don't spend your entire life saying, I'm 98% sure I'm going to do that. And you just end up like everybody else. And this isn't a sermon to make you feel guilty because I don't think guilt is, is helpful, but it is a sermon to say you are invited into a different kind of life. And it's available to you. And one part of that, Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom. Part of that is recognizing there is something else beyond this life. And it's present and available to you in the right now, not just off in the future. It is in the right now. Seek first this tangible kingdom. And as you start to see God in those spaces, as you start to get into to good rhythms of life that help you to recognize that you're not the center of the universe, like these, these things just start to melt away. So I hope for all of us, that we don't end up in that 98% space. Oh, I'm, uh, these things that I intend to do, and I'm, I'm 98% sure. So just my question for you today is simple. What are three things that you do to seek God? And again, there are so many different things that you could do. Service, giving of, of finances, of, of wealth, or giving of, of your time, 
reading scripture, playing worship music in the car. There's so many ways that we can seek our creator. And again, this isn't to make you feel guilty. It's inviting you into a different kind of life, one that I know for me, and I think you know for you, is is better. When I'm in these good rhythms and I'm in these good habits, I just, I know I'm a better person. I'm more grounded, I'm more available. I recognize some of the things that this book challenges me with, (laughs) that I don't have unlimited time, I'm not like God, I can't do all of these things, like I have to have some sort of scope. That's our challenge and thought for this week. What are just what are three things that help you to seek God? Because I believe God's kingdom is more available to us than we might think. Let's stand and let's say that psalm together a couple times. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, that was a good one too, but teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One more time. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's all strive to live the righteous life that God calls us to this week. None of us are going to be perfect. Maybe try to live out the righteousness of God in our everyday.